Oh, yes, indeed, there are more questions and answers. Like if you throw an alphabet grenade, could it spell disaster? Hi, America. Hello, world. What do you mean, oh, God? My name is Adrian Lee, and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather saw a guy this week who was a cross between an ostrich and a serial killer. He was burying other people's heads in the sand. <laughs> Welcome I, to the show. I didn't Heather. do that. You didn't. You saw someone else doing it, didn't you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we also have with us the analytical and skeptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim spent all week reading a book called The History of Glue. She couldn't put it down. Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC Outside Broadcast Department. He is also our producer and sound engineer. Greg saw an advert this week that said, Television for sale, $1, volume stuck on full, and thought, I can't turn that down. Welcome to the show. <laughs> we are on series two, 
episode 44. Points to be had early on. The international dialing code of 44 will get you through to... Spain. Spain. We've had Spain. That was like 33 or something. Bizarre, I don't remember. No one wants to have a guess. Uruguay. Uruguay. Mexico. Wow. Britain. The old country. Blighty. Is Dear that old your guess? Blighty. That's not my guess. <laughs> I know this to be true. I had a tear welling up then. Oh. Thinking of dear old Blighty. No points to be had, but the international dialing code of Great Britain is 44. Wyoming was the 44th state. President Obama is the 44th president of the United States. Did you know they've just raised their minimum drinking age in Wyoming to 25? They want to keep alcohol out of high schools. (laughs) (laughs) There goes our Wyoming listener. Did we have any? I don't think we did, no. Mm. Electricity is yet to uh, advance itself into such areas, I believe. In Mark Twain's book... The mysterious stranger. Satan's nephew appears and he's called 44. Now, Satan is a fallen angel. Agreed? Sure. We don't have to say sure. These things are factual. This is truth, you see. Okay. God created angels. Mm -hmm. There was no fornication. Mummy angel and daddy angel did not get together to produce baby angel. They're androgynous. You do not hear anywhere in the Bible does it say son of angel. It says son of man. They were created solely by God. How is it possible Satan has a nephew? See where I'm going. Yet, if you remember the flood, if you remember Noah in Genesis 6, I believe, the reason God created the flood was to get rid of the Nephilim, which were a group of angels created, half-breed angels, by fallen angels coming down to earth and making love to women. Who would have thought, who would have thought that some point in the Bible... There would have been hypocrisy. My brain hurts. I know, and it's still so early on in the show. I'm just wondering if he had a niece. Do you think Satan's got a niece as well? We could call her 41 for the sake of argument. Look, Uncle Nick's coming for Christmas. Try and ignore the fire and the sulfurous smells. It's only once a year, kids. Wouldn't he give the best Christmas presents, do you not think? If you had old Nick as your uncle, do you not think you'd get the best presents ever? Do you not think there'd be like an assault rifle and fireworks and very dangerous things maybe a man trap don't play with that kids oh my fingers that's not going to go back on easily see where we are no we need to read this book (laughs) episode 44 just to remind our listeners we are on soundcloud if you wish to access our archives if you go to soundcloud.com and look for mqta radio we have our shows on there over the last three years and remember at the top of the hour We carry on for an extra 20 to 25 minutes in a round called Not For Your Mother. They're the stories we can't do live on air. So we do have some extras on there for you. I have a Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the International Paranormal Society. We have a YouTube channel as well with lots of outtakes for you. That's also under More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. By the way, if people are interested as well in a New Year's read, I have a book which is called Towels of a Pioneer Town. It's available on Amazon. It talks about the early contact between the first pioneers in the Midwest and the first Native American Indians getting together. History that's never been seen before, Towels of a Pioneer Town. Now, each week, I like to read out our mailbag. We get lots of messages via Twitter. We get lots of messages via email. 
via our Facebook site. Tanya is in Victoria in Australia. She says, listening to the show from the land of Oz. See our listeners. From the land down under. From the land down under. Roland is in New Jersey. He says, utterly amazed. Do you remember when you cracked that joke last week and no one thought it was funny? Utterly amazed (laughs) that I was finally able to catch up with the show. Mary is a regular listener. She's in Illinois. She's written on Facebook. Excellent. Something to do whilst I make my husband's ritual food. (laughs) That sounds very odd to me. Ritual food. Is that some sort of like ceremony you have to make for someone? Yes. Some sort of slaughtering taking place. I understand she's made a lot of sacrifices for her husband. (laughs) Kathy in Minnesota (laughs) says she laughed until she cried listening to last week's show. Apparently, it was the fart machine that did it. (laughs) I don't believe it. Now, very mysteriously and very strangely, the fart machine has gone missing. It's been been pulled out of my gripping hands. I don't know what happened Some sort of foul play and shenanigans has taken place. I was happy to do an hour of fart machine noises and apparently that's what made people perhaps you can start a gofundme site for that i'll see i'll get straight onto that the thing that annoys me (laughs) i spend hour after hour pushing the buttons no no pushing the (laughs) buttons what's wrong with you yes i've just got stumps where my fingers used to be i'm having to press it now with my elbow probably comparing his own noises and then pressing the buttons Oh, there's no comparison. I'm winning that. <laughs> no comparison there. The interesting thing is we spend hours and hours prepping this show all week. We put all the stories from around the world on our Facebook sites, on our Twitter accounts. We spend a lot of time researching. I've researched the number 44 for you. I've researched many wondrous things. Mm-hmm. Yet the biggest laugh of last week's show was the fart machine. This makes me feel very small, very insignificant. My ego needs to be massaged. So there'll be no laughs this week. There's been more mailbag for the fart machine than for me last week. This is where we are. One of us is full (laughs) of hot air. I don't know which one it is. We have, would you believe, we had just last week alone, there was 124 countries listening to our broadcast. Can you believe that? I'm under the impression there's only about 190 countries in the entire world on the globe, 124 are tuning in to more questions than answers. And I'm going to give you a little list here. Happy New Year to all of these people. And this is in order of the most people that listen. So the first country is the USA. You'd expect that, of course. We're broadcasting from the barren depths of the Midwest Plains. Second is the UK, of course. Canada, Australia, France, Netherlands, Ireland, Japan, Belgium, Indonesia, Brazil, Rwanda, Serbia, and Saudi Arabia are the top 10 countries this week listening to the show. But 124 countries is remarkable. I'm going to start tonight by giving you some fascinating facts about January. I bet you didn't think such things existed, did you? No. Is there anything anyone around the table would like to share with me about January before I jump in here? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I suspected as much. Did you know... Anglo-Saxons called January Wolf Month. It was called the Wolf Month. Yeah, there's a wolf moon this month, I believe. Is there really? That's because Mm -hmm. of the time of the year, I suspect, rather than it being hairy and having lots of teeth. That's because villages in Anglo-Saxon Britain were raided by wolves during this month in search of food. Quite remarkable. I did some research some time ago, and wolves actually killed a very, very large number of people in Europe 
during the medieval period. I thought it was one of those myths, like killer whales have never recorded killing a human ever. And I thought wolves were the same. I thought, oh, no one's ever been killed by a wolf. I'm sure that's just folktale. It's not. Thousands of people have been killed by wolves. I just thought I'd share that with you. So it was called Wolf Month. And of course, Julius Caesar gave name to all of these months. And before him, the months had to be called something. So January is Wolf Month, would you believe? This coming week sees the 13th of January, which is on Wednesday, is the average coldest day of the entire year, on average. Going back to when nice records, to know. records began. So on Wednesday, I would recommend that you wear a scarf and a pair of gloves. The interesting thing, of course, is in places like Australia, that's the second month of the summer. So I suspect, I wonder if in Southern Hemisphere countries, that would then be the hottest day of the year. Do you see mm -hmm. what I mean? Isn't it very odd to think that they're currently sat on the beach down under celebrating the summer and we're in Minnesota, so cold. I don't want to discuss what's happening, but you know, <laughs> brass monkeys are involved and they've been laying them off at the factory. This is where we are. It is the national month for soup, hobbies and giving blood. That was a messy Sunday afternoon. Gross. It is today, Elvis Presley's birthday. So happy birthday to Elvis Presley. And finally, January is named after the god, the Roman god, Janus. He is the god of new beginnings, the god of gateways, doorways and passages. Also sounds a bit like anus. So there's passages and doorways for you. There we go. We run into the first round. That is ghosts and hauntings. There's points to be played for. I will start. It says, rock legend Lemmy Kilmister vowed to come back as a ghost in the last ever interview. It has been reported. The motorhead frontman who was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer just two days before his death spoke about how he felt lucky to have lived as long as he did in a chat last year. Asked if he was going to continue performing, he told German TV, what, after death? No, I'll have to stop then, I think. But you never know, I could haunt somewhere. We love the idea of Lemmy still sitting as a ghost in his regular rainbow bar and grill in West Hollywood. Playing the bar top game he was engrossed in during his final hours. Lemmy 70 was known for being a hellraiser and spent decades doing speed and drinking excessively before changing his lifestyle and following a health scare in 2013. He previously said, I don't really recommend the lifestyle because most people die of it. Very, <laughs> very true words said from beyond the grave. A lot of my friends are dead who shouldn't be. Ozzy Osbourne, I'm amazed he's still alive, by the way. I just thought I'd share that with you. Mm -hmm. There's always an exception to the rule, isn't there? But if it's the luck of the draw, it's random. You can't plan your life. It doesn't work. Sharing the sad news of Lemmy's death on social media, The Bound wrote, There is no easy way to say this. Our mighty noble friend Lemmy passed away today after a short battle with an extremely aggressive cancer. He had learnt of the disease on December the 26th and was at home sitting in front of his favourite video game. The band added, we cannot begin to express our shock and sadness. There aren't words. So Lemmy's last ever interview before he died, he says he would come back and haunt if he could. You can imagine him playing a guitar, can't you? In the recording studio. What's very interesting, he was the lead singer and the bass player of Motorhead. And their most famous song is called The Ace of Spades. And The Ace of Spades, of course, is the death card, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. 
It was illegal, believe it or not, it was illegal to manufacture the Ace of Spades back in the 17th century under rules put in place by James I. If you manufactured the death card, if you manufactured the Ace of Spades, you could die, you could be hung for that. That was a punishable offence by death. That's why the Ace of Spades is so intricate on a deck of cards and has so many little details in it because they don't want people to replicate it because you had to pay a tax on every deck of cards you made you had to pay a tax on it so it was tax avoidance and that was punishable by death in the day Hmm. many wondrous things i shall give myself fabulous points for starting the show in such an amazing and detailed way heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and haunting i have a demon there you go what with you well, always. <laughs> Let me put my hand on your forehead and we'll start talking some Latin. No, thank you. I'm sure you'll feel it coming out. I'm sure I will. <laughs> Woman blames demon for killing her mother. Wow. Was it really the devil's work? It's the devil's work, I tell you. Claudia Castillo Maldonado told the court that she killed and bit her mother because a demon told her to do so. The gory crime occurred on Monday evening in San Pedro Salo, Honduras, when 30-year-old Moldonado killed her mother, Mercedes Dubon, by stabbing and biting her on the chest. The killer ran down the street naked while shouting that she had killed her mother. Police said that they found Moldonado naked and covered in blood, while 56-year-old Dubon was found at the scene with bites on her chest. How very bizarre. I know. In a hearing on Wednesday, Maldonado said she can't remember what happened, but asked for forgiveness from God and her family. I never had a problem with my mom. The demon told me to kill her, but I'm not crazy. But she yes, went ahead she and did it. The thing is, if a demon tells you to kill someone, you still have a choice. You do. If the demon's chattering in your ear mm-hmm. and say, you've never liked your mother. She didn't get you good Christmas presents. She liked your sisters and your brother She better. burnt her toast. Here's your chance. Get on there. Start <laughs> biting her, you know. You'd think to yourself, well, uh, hang on a second. I do have some choice here. I do have free will. Right, right. At the public prosecutor's request, Maldonado underwent a psychological evaluation, and according to the psychiatric report, the patient was not under the influence of any drugs. Wow. But as It was mental- a sugar rush. Uh, maybe. She'd just eaten a big bag of jelly babies. That could be. Jelly babies. Chocolate. Lots of chocolate. It's the devil's work. The jelly babies made me do it. I'm sorry. Uh, But it has mental problems and is highly dangerous. Yes. What, your mother? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Controversial. She was actually diagnosed as having catatonia or catatonia, a mental disorder related to schizophrenia. What, your mother? Yes. <laughs> yes. What a fabulous story. I'm going to read another one out. Ghosts of Henry VIII's wife caught on camera. Can you spot it? A coach driver snapped what he believes could be the ghost of one of Henry VIII's wives during a visit to Hampton Court Palace. Trevor Ty, 45, had driven a coachload of tourists to the Royal Palace, but ventured in to get pictures himself while he was waiting. It was only after returning home, after taking pictures of the beautiful marble staircase in the palace's public entrance, that he spotted what appears to be the figure of a young woman stood eerily watching down. Henry the Henry the Fifth, Henry the Eighth's <laughs> fifth wife, Catherine Howard, was imprisoned at Hampton. It's confusing, isn't it? I know. Are they ruling was Roman. She one, noon? two, three. Well, I'm looking here. Anyone else would be saying Henry V. One One One's wife, his fifth wife. In fact, I don't think he was married. Was he to her? 
Oh. I'm very confused. Anne of Cleves, he never actually married. He was just engaged to. I think that I thought that was his. What fifth. happened to her? Did she get she, snuffed too? She was German, and Holbein, the painter, decided he'd paint a picture of her. And of course, the painter's being paid to paint the portrait, so he paints her looking voluptuous and good-looking. And Henry VIII sees the portrait and thinks, "Aye, aye, I'm after a new wife. I like the look of her." She turns up, and uh, he's already agreed to marry her. And apparently her face was pockmarked and wasn't the best. And she had some very... Mm, early photoshopping. I know, right? Holbein. <laughs> and unfortunately, she had some very Teutonic um, appearances. Uh, you know, imagine a big German Fraulein. You see where we're going with this. And he refused to marry her. And Holbein was dragged off to the Tower of London and only escaped by the skin of his teeth from getting his head cut off. For photoshopping. For early photoshopping. See where we are. <laughs> Henry VIII's fifth wife, Catherine Howard, was imprisoned at Hampton Court in 1541, before she was beheaded at the age of 21, and her ghost is still said to haunt the palace. Trevor claims he sent the picture to the palace, who informed him of a security guard had spotted the ghost of a young woman or girl in the same spot on more than one occasion. Trevor from York said, I didn't realise I had caught anything unusual until I got home, and a friend looked at some of my pictures and said, Who's that girl? I couldn't believe it, as the room was completely empty when I took the picture, so I know there was no way it was someone in the shot, he continued. I've had the picture examined by experts, that's his Uncle Dave, and everyone has said the picture has not been tampered with at mm -hmm. all. So for me, the only explanation is that it's a ghost. Trevor, who works for the York Pullman Bus Company, has been an avid ghost hunter for more than a decade, but says this is the clearest proof he has ever seen. Trevor said it is most definitely one of the best examples of a ghost being caught on camera, and I think this is especially true, since the security guard was able to confirm that he has seen the same figure too. I was very careful when taking the picture to ensure no one was in the room. The last thing I wanted was someone ruining my shot unfortunately the vast majority of ghost pictures you see are faked so i'm really pleased to have caught something like this one room of hampton court has become known as the haunted gallery as there have been many alleged sightings of catherine howard it is said she is usually seen in a white gown much like the one in trevor's picture while henry the eighth's third wife jane seymour is also said to haunt the palace after dying there in 1537 Hampton Court's website states Hampton Court Palace, with its 500 years of history, has seen many dramatic royal events from the death of Henry VIII's third wife, Jane Seymour, to the condemnation and house arrest of his fifth, Catherine Howard, for adultery. Over the centuries, staff, visitors, workmen and residents have experienced strange phenomena for which there is no practical explanation. If people wish to see the ghost of Catherine Howard. They are welcome to do so. They can go to my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. And all of tonight's stories will be on there for you to look at. Hampton Court's very famous because there's a giant maze there. Have you ever seen the giant maze at Hampton Court? No. It's no. one of those ones you walk into and it's a hedge that's kind of six or seven foot high and you walk around this giant maze and it's all hedgerow and you can't kind of break through. And there's people wandering around there. It's very, been in movies then. There I've you seen go. it there. Yeah. Yes. It's a very famous, very famous maze. There's still Japanese soldiers in there thinking the Second World War's on. There's a guy in the middle with a megaphone standing on a ladder giving people directions that have been in there for three weeks. 
They're starting to dry up their friends' legs and extremities for food. That kind of thing. There's people fighting over boiled sweets and hard candy that they've found at the bottom of pockets covered in fluff as their only nutrition and sustenance. See where we are? Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? A chilling picture shows demon watching over an unborn baby in an ultrasound scan. An ultrasound picture of an unborn baby has gone viral after a strange-looking figure next to the fetus was spotted by thousands of social media users. Wow, I wonder what the conception was like. I like making love. I make love in thunderstorms and pretend I'm conceiving the Antichrist. Wow. (laughs) The eerie image was posted on Imgur under the heading, A Friend's Ultrasound, When You See It. At first, the scan looks like a fairly innocuous picture of an unborn child resting sweetly in their mother's womb. But if you look to the right of the picture, you might see something altogether more disturbing. A grainy outline of what looks to be a woman has been spotted by many people who have looked at the picture. Opinion is divided as to what the figure looks like, with the most popular choices being a Hindu goddess, a mermaid, or a demon. Well, we've got plenty of choices, haven't we? A, B, or C. <laughs> a mermaid's even more bizarre. How does that get conceived? What was she doing on that fishing trip? It's a little fishy. It's a little fishy. <laughs> I've warned you about trying to be funny. Minus one. <laughs> One commentator said, does no one else see the demon on the right? But another responded, Hindu goddess on the right side of the image. Well, To sum up the disagreement, Subtle Mrs. simply wrote, I'm seeing a friendly mermaid. Everyone else is seeing a demon. We're all weird. How do you know mermaids are friendly? They could be quite mean and nasty. Yeah, pitchforks. You ever tried bringing in a northern pike? I mean, it's not the friendliest thing in the world, is it? That's not a pitchfork. That's a trident. Weren't it's not mermaids random. responsible for <laughs> ships crashing? Yes, sirens. Yes, crashing, I'm not sure that's yeah, the right word. But... The Iliad, they drag sailors to their doom by singing on the rocks. I'm yes. still interested that Heather thinks they're holding <laughs> farmyard implementation. Yeah. It's not a pitchfork, it's a trident. Close they're not enough. carrying a bit. It's not you, like. They can use them for the same thing. It's not American Gothic by Grant Wood. You haven't got a mermaid <laughs> holding a pitchfork outside some Midwestern white colonial farm building. Why it's not? a trident. Why not? It's a weapon from the Roman period. You can use a pitchfork. One has three times, and one other one has four. Yeah. You could use them both to toss hay. Who I cares? I thought pitchforks only had two forks. What? There's a lot of forks going on here. I'm confused. I have a story here that says people have been left baffled after so-called Christmas tree appeared in the window of a hospital which was abandoned 10 years ago. Eagle-eyed residents took pictures of the apparent ghostly presence and posted them on social media. Ghostly presence with the Christmas tree? I'll give myself points. What? Thank you for highlighting that. (laughs) I have felt his presence. He's got Action Man, G.I. Joe, Buckaroo, (sighs) Kaplunk, Twister. He's got all the good presents. Mm. Some believed it to be the work of the paranormal, while others even questioned if the images had been doctored. Doctored, you see, it's in a hospital. See where we are? Mm. The lights at the charity hospital in New Orleans, Louisiana, was closed after it was hit by Hurricane Katrina in 2005, was spotted by Lisa Staggs. She posted two pictures online on December the 27th, which have since been shared by more than 200,000 people. She wrote, For those few who may not know, I work at an inner-city New Orleans hospital, 
what happens to be situated directly across from the Charity Hospital. Charity Hospital has been closed, its windows darkened, since Hurricane Katrina, and is a gloomy and dreary sight on the best of days. At night it's downright scary, until tonight. See, I park on the roof of my parking garage, and tonight as I was leaving work, I glanced over at the forgotten building, only to see the lights of a tiny Christmas tree. I wish the pictures did it justice, I don't know what it is. I don't know how it could have even got there. It just made me smile. Another person who spotted the lights was a technician called Mike Arben, who also works at the same hospital. He told WWLTV, It's really pretty and a little creepy. It gave me the chills when I saw it and, of course, made me think of my brother who passed away at the charity hospital. Social media users have shared their opinions on what it could be, but the police have since put those rumours to bed. Officers told the broadcaster that the hospital was broken into and someone has wrapped some two-by-four balls with lights and put them in the window. Leslie Capo from the Louisiana State University Health Sciences Centre, which the hospital was formerly part of, added, we are treating this as a breaking. Santa Claus must have a really long charge sheet, mustn't he? It must be a couple of miles long, constant breaking and entering, and at the very least creeping around young children's bedrooms without disturbing them is dubious at best, right? This is where we are. By the way, the criminals in New Orleans are breaking into buildings and setting up Christmas decorations. This is a whole new class of criminal I hadn't previously been aware of. They'll be arrested next for wearing a loud Christmas jumper between the hours of 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock midnight. How's that? That was you, wasn't it? I have no loud shirts. I have no loud jumpers. You have one more story, I believe. I do. In the round of ghosts and hauntings. It's really too bad that I just got done buying a house because there's a historic haunted mortuary for sale in California. There you go. Yeah. And historic home is for sale in Dunsmere, or Dunsmere, complete with a mortuary, human remains, and ghosts. That's a checklist, isn't it? It is for you. Mm -hmm. I'd rather not have those things personally. (laughs) Behind the imposing facade of the historic Dunsmere, California home is a dark history that has haunted the sleepy town for many years with tales of a dead mortician, his troubled wife, and a house full of restless spirits. Just what you need. Fabulous. I know. That's great. Now the house has actually inspired local author Mary Lee Lauder's best-selling novel, The Mortician's Wife, can be yours. The property has changed hands several times in recent years. Some have claimed to witness ghostly phenomena in the house, while others have denied experiencing anything out of the ordinary. For the current owner, Brad Warner, who bought the house with his wife in 2010, strange things began happening almost immediately. It goes on to tell of a story where they had just moved in. All they had was their bed on the main floor, still unpacking boxes. They put on a movie and they had the fire going and all of a sudden everything went off. The computer, the fire went out, everything. They stood up. They said, we are going to be living here. This is our home now. We're not going to try to make you leave. All we want to do is live here in harmony with you. Perhaps they and didn't then, like the film. That I bet could it was be it. it was something by Adam Sandler. I bet it was. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it was Adam. an Adam Sandler. Even the dead are turning these films <laughs> off in their droves. Well, needless to say, as soon as he said that, what ended up happening was everything came back on, including the fire being relit. 
Really? Yeah. I'm guessing so, that was a live fire, not one of these plugging right, ones. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, okay, so now sometime in the early 1900s, the Young family moved into the house and opened a mortuary. While most of the house was remodeled when the Warners decided to open a dead-end breakfast, that was terrible, wasn't it? It was, yeah. You're not getting points for that. That's No, outrageous. I didn't do it. That, I don't that's care. What, You're that's reading what it's it called. out. I'm getting... Oh. The basement. If you read out bad jokes, it's the same as. I'm sorry. There's no delineation. That's what it's called. It's not my fault. Why don't you read it out again and I'll get you down to zero? Oh, come now. The basement remains largely untouched. The bolts that once held the embalming table. I know that feeling. (laughs) The basement remains largely untouched. Oh, the bolts that once held the embalming table can still be found in the wall the faucets used to wash the bodies are still working and there is a long hallway so a laundry room then you've got a laundry room there is a long hallway once used by the horse-drawn hearse now that's not part of the laundry room it it no okay there'll be no drawing of horses (laughs) on my laundry according to local legend mr young died at the kitchen table his wife was so distraught she left him there to rot for weeks locking herself away in her room while she felt safe and from any of the spirits that were there it was her cooking that's what What? it was was so she just left him on the table yeah it was her ritual cooking oh boy mary's ritual cooking called the death this is the death <laughs> what was she feeding him that he died on the table on the table he just kind of slumped over yeah. and that's it it was the lasagna wasn't it that's what it had it. gone off it had gone off <laughs> anyway if you want to pick up this mortuary it's $899,000 whereabouts is uh, this it's again? in California in Dunsmere Calif- whatever Dunsmere. it's nearly 9,000 square feet of creepy the three level home includes seven bedrooms six bathroom the mortuary and a casket in the basement containing skeletal remains of a 17 year old so go get it folks fantastic i'm just wondering what you could use a mortuary basement for what could that double up as some sort of weird dungeon or bowling alley (laughs) bowling alley hurrah great fabulous there we go points to be had all round we run into the round that is ufos and cryptozoology it's green men and their hairy beasties this story came out and i'm really interested in this hillary clinton has vowed to get to the bottom which is an unfortunate phrase when you consider UFO abductions, right? Has vowed to get to the bottom of UFOs if she becomes an ex-president of the United States. And the Democratic presidential candidate believes we may have already been visited by extraterrestrials. If she thinks we may have already been visited by extraterrestrials, what's Bill Clinton said to her in terms of pillow talk that we aren't previously been aware of? Do you see what I'm saying? Where is she getting that information from? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> what, pillow talk? No. Wow. Hillary Clinton and Ronald Reagan. I never saw that one coming. Wow. Do you have to dig him up or something? That's a, What's Nancy going to say? That's outrageous. Responding to a question about UFOs from a journalist whilst campaigning in New Hampshire, she reportedly said, yes, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Clinton, who would become America's first female president if elected in November, also said she would send a task force into Area 51, a top secret base in Nevada where UFO enthusiasts believe alien technology is being back-engineered. If she's saying she's going to send a task force into Area 51, what's her chances now that she's not going to be made president? You see what I'm saying? The powers that be... The people that run these things, the Illuminati, aren't now going to allow her to become president, are they? On the back of her saying, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Do you not think? 
Either that or she's going to be assassinated. John Podesta, her campaign chairman, had previously called for the release of all UFO files as the American people can handle the truth. Last year, he famously tweeted his biggest regret of 2014 was not securing the release of the UFO files before he retired. Hillary said, by the way, if he says there are UFO files and his biggest regret was not getting them released... Then they exist, don't they, at that point? Yes. It's all very confusing. Hillary said he has made me personally pledge we are going to get the information out one way or another, suggesting there is actually information, right? Maybe we could have a task force go into Area 51. Mm -hmm. Last year, Bill Clinton told US chat show host Jimmy Kimmel he wouldn't be surprised if alien life visited Earth but said he hoped it wouldn't be like Independence Day. Well, <laughs> Good. Fingers crossed, eh? He also said he had looked into Area 51, but added there's no aliens there. Mm -hmm. See, they could have the spaceships and the aliens could be dead. He could be saying, yes, there's no aliens there. But that's not to say their vehicles they aren't They could be there. at another secret location. Absolutely. When asked about her husband's comments, Hillary said, I think we may have been visited already. We don't know. For sure. Right. I thought Bill tried to uncover this, but obviously he was close, but no cigar. Oh, <laughs> really? See what I did there. I oh. just think she's trying to get votes. This is all about gaining votes, yeah. isn't it? Constantly. Yep. She's Constantly. trying to get the people that are hooked on to UFOs. I know. I can't believe the presidential election isn't until November. The way I'm seeing it on the TV with Trump and everyone else, I thought it was imminent. I didn't realize you had a year to I can't to believe go. you watch TV. I got Netflix. I know. I don't have to listen to that business. I like to keep abreast of current affairs because we're doing a current affairs show. Nah. No. So what have you got for me in the round of <laughs> UFOs and current affairs? I have something interesting. NASA ordered to develop habitation module. Congress has insisted that NASA create a prototype deep space habitation module by no later than 2018. When they say a habitation module, you're looking like a lunchbox with a few sandwiches and a bed, aren't you? No, it's like a garden and stuff. A collection of magazines. Mm, and, yeah. yeah. Progress towards a manned mission to Mars may see some acceleration over the next couple of years. Thanks to the U.S. government's decision to increase funding to NASA by $1.3 billion to help support the development of a habitation module for use in future deep space missions. This is the country where one in four people are living below the United Nations poverty line, where one in five children are hungry. And how much money have they just given to NASA? $1.3 Unbelievable. Billion. Billion. Yes. Is that like a Brazilian? Yes. Yes. Three times as much as a Brazilian. Right. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Here's ba the two Brazilian I owe you. <laughs> Back in mid-December, NASA's ISS director, Sam Shimimi. No, you're making words up. I'm no, it's Shimimi. Shimimi. Or Simimi. So, oh, you've got choices now, have we? Would you, I want to show it to you. You tell me Go how. Go on then. Let's have a look. Okay. That is uh, Skimemi. Skimemi. <laughs> <laughs> You say skimemi. And I say shimimi. Let's call the whole thing off. There is going to be burning. Wherever that person is in the world, there is an arrow on fire. Well, anyway, he put forward plans to begin testing such a module by the mid-2020s. Do you believe it? But now this will have to be brought forward after Congress demanded that it all had to be done, including the building of a prototype within the next two years. I just think there's a lot of money going to waste here. I'd have two years off 
when NASA came around and said, right, how's this pod going? I'd throw a quilt in there, a duvet, a couple of lunchtime snacks. That costs 50 bucks. I know, right? This is where we need to be. (laughs) Some sort of habitation pod. It's a bed and a chest of drawers. Well, what they're thinking is that this is one of the most critical parts of a future mission to Mars. The module will need to be able to keep astronauts alive and comfortable during the long haul space voyages. So that's kind of what they're looking for. Yes, there needs to be some sort of toiletry facilities, I'm guessing. This is where we are. You just can't walk outside and have a wee against a tree, can you? Yeah, you're too used to that. We are thrilled that Congress took the lead, said Bigelow Aerospace, DC Operations and Business Growth Director Mike Gold. It is the missing piece of the human space exploration puzzle. Yes, the puzzle for me is how's this UFOs and cryptozoology? It's going out in outer space, isn't it? Have you ever seen one before? Mm, unidentified. <laughs> I can't. Wow. <laughs> very defensive i get this there's some friction and tension tonight isn't there have you been on the source yes okay fair enough that explains everything i have a story that says ufo spotted probing activity volcano is proof aliens are monitoring our planet conspiracy theorists claim footage of a strange light moving across the sky during the christmas period has been the source of much debate since it was shared on social media webcams in mexico filmed the eerie light moving around above the volcano of Popocatapetl, which lies what in the eastern... What, a potato? <laughs> yes, there's a volcano in Papa Mexico potato. called Papa Potato. <laughs> it's a baked potato because obviously it's very hot. Don't mind you don't burn your mouth. On all You're that. my best spud. Wow. Which lies... There's a story dying to get out. Unbelievably, this story actually has a UFO in it. Who knew? Go on with your papa potato. Which lies in the eastern half of the trans-Mexican volcano belt in the centre of the country. (laughs) Many social media users were quick to say that they believed it to be a UFO sighting. A more proof that extraterrestrial beings are monitoring our planet. Some of the more sceptical viewers put it down to the flare of a firework. And the YouTube debate got so heated that the author of the video deactivated the comments function. Mm. The supposed UFO was sighted in a part of Mexico where the Papa Potato Volcano (laughs) is reportedly still active. And estimated to be as old as 730,000 years. <laughs> its last eruption dates back to October the 7th, 2015. When was your last eruption, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> this comes just after a, some, a similar sighting near the city of La Paz in Bolivia, when locals filmed and uploaded what looks like a flying saucer hovering in the sky if people wish to see the Papa strange potato. ufo <laughs> hovering over the Papa Cattell. <laughs> why am i here hovering over the Papa potato this is some sort of new breakfast thing in this country i know how much you love your potatoes you could put it in some sort of pop tart put it in the toaster in the morning i got one of those you can't you put some sort of uh you know what are scrambled they scrambled eggs ham, not, everything in a little pastry a pop of pastry <laughs> Is there you go? Hash browns <laughs> yeah. via the toaster. Absolutely. We need to get this painted. Painted? Yes. I'll paint it. This is terrible. <laughs> Kim, help me out. UFOs, green men. Please don't have a potato in it. I do have a UFO. Three <laughs> points there. Three. Why are you cheering? You never had one. It was. Have no. you seen it yet? No. No. <laughs> Intriguing footage shows fleet of UFOs darting in formation in the night sky. 
A video has sparked intrigue after it appeared to show a fleet of UFOs hovering and moving in formation. The five-minute clip was posted to YouTube and appears to show a number of bright lights flying in the night sky above Santiago, Chile. (laughs) Always. (laughs) It is. Above Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. We're losing all the Midwest tonight, aren't we? But then they begin to disseminate, similar to planes coming into land in a holding pattern over an airport before disappearing completely. And many people seem to be convinced by its extraterrestrial credentials. One viewer wrote, at first I thought it was just Chinese lanterns tied together, but those things are moving fast. Another says this seems to be very real. However, others aren't so sure, suggesting it may show drones. It is not the first time unusual flying objects have been spotted in Chile, which is something of a UFO hotspot. The Andean town of San Clemente, 170 miles south of Santiago, has been a hub of UFO sightings for 20 years. Wow. Do you know you're a redneck if MUFON limits you to one call a day? I'm just saying. <laughs> they have limiters. And yeah. how did you find that out? <laughs> <laughs> He's been banned. <laughs> They're sick of me. I find it remarkable when it said it looks remarkably like a holding pattern of aeroplanes above the airport. Well, here's a thing from left field. Perhaps it is a holding pattern of aeroplanes above an airfield because we've got a good friend on our team called Scott and he is an air traffic controller based in Duluth and he's written on Facebook underneath this story it looks like a holding pattern of aeroplanes and I wrote underneath well you should know and he said yes I do so if people wish to see <laughs> they can argue with Scott, the Hi, US, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> if, we'll give out Scott's email address if you want to argue and with his him. home address if you want that's right <laughs> He is looking for a woman at the moment. If her name is Dee Dee. <laughs> we went to investigate at the Pipestone Historical Society Museum down in southwest Minnesota. And there was a psychic that wasn't part of my team that was local to the area. And she told Scott in a quiet moment that he was going to meet the woman of his dreams. And he said, well, what's her name? And she said, Dee Dee. He spent the last three years... Mm-hmm. looking for a woman called Dee Dee. I just think that was her bra size. I think he's getting confused. Oh boy. He needs to be looking for a woman who's a double D. This is where we are. If people wish to see that, not a double D, if people wish to see the holding pattern of UFOs and look at Scott's comments, that is on our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. We run into the round that is the strange and the bizarre. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? These are the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre not to fit into any other category, but are too good not to read out live on air. I got a gun toting Santa Claus. Your Pakistani accent's not coming on very well, is it? I've been practicing, though. Very topical, then, Santa Claus, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, seeing we're now in the middle of January. Well, this happened in that you got to allow it to happen and then report on oh, it. Oh, I see. Do you see what I mean? Yes, it has to disseminate. So, yeah, that's right. It's are. a gun-toting Santa Claus robbed a jewelry store on Christmas Eve. Isn't that nice? Fantastic. Uh, he must have forgot a few presents, had to go pick up a couple. Put the toys in the sack and no one gets hurt. There you go. It's actually happened in Alberta. Police in Alberta are searching for a Grinch in Santa's clothing who robbed a jewelry store on Christmas Eve while dressed as Saint Nick. Put the money in the sack and no one gets hurt. Uh, Okay. 
Okay. Was he wearing a disguise? Did he have like yes, a big a white Santa's, beard and yeah. a large red nose? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I find that hilarious. In I'm red. sorry. <laughs> said the they man, always get their man. <laughs> said the man in full Santa Claus apparel walked into the wares jewelry in Stetler on Christmas Eve and robbed the clerk at gunpoint. I didn't know Santa had guns. Were they able to catch him on horseback? They I said don't they were think mounted. So. That's yeah. a race. What I want to know is if horses can catch up to reindeer. Wow. Yeah. This is no. something we need to consider. But here's the problem. Santa There's more than actually, one reindeer. No. It's a whole group of reindeer. No, Santa got actually Donna left in a Hummer. In a Hummer pulled by reindeer. Yeah. Did this wow. Blixen and Rudolph. Blixen. And <laughs> Sleepy. A Sleepy, bashful. Dopey Doc. Doc. Yeah, I think we've got <laughs> most of them, yeah. Colin. Police said the not-so-saintly Nick abandoned the black 2005 Hummer H2 sometime after the incident and was found on December 28th in a residential neighborhood. Those reindeer are on steroids if they're pulling Hummers. They're it's pulling all a saying. Hummer. They're on steroids. I want a steroid actually, test. Actually, surveillance video... Of the area, then said the Santa jumped into an older model pickup truck and then took off. How do you get a urine sample from a reindeer? How would that happen? Would you have to like, occupy it around the front with some straw and then go with a bucket around the back? Why are you looking for one? Well, I'm talking about a steroid test for reindeer. You'd need some sort of <laughs> urine sample. I thought you were just... No, it's not a hobby. I was waiting for the punchline. I know, me too. It's not a hobby. I don't go collecting urine from strange winterland mammals. like? We like. Well, it's a little tart, isn't it? At least to drink more. I have wow. no interest in collecting ruminant The way it sounded, you urine. did. You're really? like, how do I get it? Well, like, seconds before I said it needs a steroids test. How I, you I think? wasn't listening. You were not listening. <laughs> have a big load of minus two. How's them apples? Did you hear that, Heather? <laughs> nope. No. Let me show you. There we go. No, not one, two points. Why did China hold a cremation competition earlier this week? Is that week? a joke? No, it's genuinely happening. <laughs> earlier this I don't week. Know why. There's a story in here, dying to get out. You're feisty. I, I had Testy. coke tonight. I'm you, sorry. I know, and not the stuff you drink. Earlier this week. The Chinese government hosted an unusual competition. More than 50 of the country's best battled it out to be crowned the country's top cremator. That's a film, isn't it? The Cremator. That's a TV show. Was it really? No, you're making that up. It was the first ever national contest for cremation workers, but its very existence cuts to the heart of Chinese ideas about death, land use, and a desire to instill national pride in a stigmatised vocation so how do you win a cremation competition i hear you cry yeah that's true details on the actual challenges were scanned in state media reports which said contestants had to show technical operation skills and take an examination on vocational knowledge but a document on its website lists key national standards which include furnace preparation receiving and cremating the body collecting the ashes and maintaining and fixing equipment a ministry spokesman told Xinhua News Agency that an important aspect of being a cremation worker was to have a diligent attitude and send off the deceased in a peaceful and holistic manner. Family members should also receive their loved ones' ashes in as pure a form as possible, as white as ivory and without any kind of impurity. Look, I can see a tooth. The top three winners were from the Cremotional Association with Beijing's famed Babashoan Cemetery, and another was from the city 
of Nan Chung. Wasn't that a rock group in the 1980s, Nan Chung? No. What was that? Wang Chung. What about my Nan was following them? That would be Nan Chung. <laughs> State media features the stories of several who took part in the competition. They spoke of the long hours and the difficulties of working all day in rooms that can reach up to 50 Celsius in temperature and managing 600 Celsius furnaces. Usually we have to work 10 to 12 hours in each shift. When there's a peak in our workload, we can get up to 250 to 260 bodies a day. Doesn't this show you how big China is and how many people? One in four people are Chinese and they have to dispose of the bodies. That's remarkable, isn't it? 260 bodies a day being disposed of just in one crematorium is remarkable. I find that unbelievable. Did you say that was a stiff competition? (laughs) The bones need to be burnt completely while maintaining their white purity. There cannot be any black smoke. Once the day is done, we have to wait for the furnace to cool down so we can clean it to prevent the remains from clogging it up, he said. That's the fat. Did you know they have vents and filters in the chimneys to stop the fat from getting up into the atmosphere? They have like special filters to catch all the fat. Do they have to sift it too? Like to sift out the bones and then crush the remains? How does that work? It's very bizarre. Cremations, they really make my blood boil. Oh. Kim, (laughs) what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? There is a picture of an 800-year-old mobile phone that has sent conspiracy theorists, theorists into overdrive. A picture of an 800-year-old mobile phone has sent conspiracy theorists into overdrive again. Again, a second again. time. Again. The supposed archaeological find, which bears a striking resemblance to a 1990s mobile phone, has gone viral and prompted much discussion online. The keys on the object bear a resemblance to cuneiform, an early system of writing used by the ancient Sumerians of Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, around 3000 BCE. A number of conspiracy theory sites have posted details about the striking image in the last few days with claims it was found during a dig in Austria earlier this year. It always happens in Austria. It's a very strange place. Mm -hmm. However, they all repeat details from a post on picture-sharing site Flickr dating back to January of 2012 making the same claims. In that post, there are no details given about when the dig took place or or was given or who was involved. It does claim, though, as do the more recent posts, that the excavations were carried out in the Fuchsel Am Sea area in Salzburg. There appear to be no other images from the same dig. The resurfacing of the image nearly four years on has met with a mostly humorous response online, with many declaring it a hoax. Among the comments on the Conspiracy Club website are, I bet it has horrible coverage. There you go. And there's probably five missed calls from Chuck Norris on it. Chuck Norris. Chuck Morris. Heather Norris. <laughs> I have seen a picture of this phone. It's very Flintstone-like. Imagine is, the Flintstones yeah. had a mobile phone. It would look like that. And if people wish to see that, they can visit our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. I have one last story for tonight that says a woman has had her dead sister's ashes tattooed into a portrait across her back so they can always be together. Nicola Hollands, 27, was devastated when her beloved sister Charlotte died died aged 22 in May from leukemia. She decided to get in a touching tribute to Charlotte, a tattoo of her with angel wings covering her back. 
Mum of two, Nicola from Cardiff, had the artwork made by a mixture of ink and the sister's cremated ashes. She said, I chose to have the tattoo as it means we will always be together. Charlotte was such a huge part of my life. I wanted the size of the tattoo to represent that. She was so brave and battled through the pain every day of her life. This reminds me of when Kiss produced a comic book and they put vials of their blood into the printing ink. Do you remember that? Am I the only person who remembers that? Do you know, Kiss produced a comic book back in the 70s. They produced a small vial of blood each and they poured that into the printing ink. So their blood was part of the comic book and part of the ink. She says, in comparison, my pain in having it done was nothing compared to what she had to go through. Charlotte developed leukemia after suffering a rare genetic disorder. She was also in and out of hospital every week for appointments and had learning difficulties, which put her behind in school. Nicholas said, I grew a thick skin to protect my sister from any bullying or harsh words. As we got older, Charlotte didn't let her illness hold her back from doing what she wanted. When she was well, she lived a normal life and we went out clubbing and went on girls' holidays together. But ultimately, she come to having this evil disease that gave her leukemia twice and took her away. She said the tattoo is going to be quite dark when it's finished. There are shackles on the angel's wrist to represent Charlotte's illness and how it held her back in life. But underneath that... I want there to be demons holding on to the angel's feet to represent the cancer that ultimately took her away. So if people wish to see the tattoo of the angel of this lady's sister who passed away, using her ashes as the ink for the tattoo, they're welcome to visit our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. I always (laughs) like to date girls with tattoos, because I think to myself, there's a girl capable of making decisions she'll actually regret in the future. You see where we are. We move into the final round of the night, which is called Not For Your Mother for Very Good Reason. If your mother's in the room, if she's of a nervous disposition, if she's easily offended, she needs to be removed. These are stories from around the world this week that are laden in innuendo. They're laden in the things that we can't read out live on air for fear of being removed or receiving a large fine. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I am proposing a question to you. Wow. Well, I'll see if I can answer it for you. How's that? Is it a crime to have an erection in public? Depends if it's blocking out the light. My neighbor <laughs> my, my neighbor had a large erection in his garden and it was blocking out my light. So I obviously phoned the council. Oh, dear. Not on Put the it, money in the bag and no one gets hurt. A police defend hunt for a Piccadilly Lycra man. Piccadilly Lycra man. That's right. It's a new kind of superhero, apparently. What's his special powers? <laughs> Blocking out the light. He's made it go dark. <laughs> the bringer of darkness. Police were on the lookout for an overexcited cyclist after a woman reported a lycra-clad man with an erection wandering around the Manchester city centre. He didn't even have a saddle on his bicycle. Oh. (laughs) Officers were deployed around the tram stop at Piccadilly Gardens after the distressed woman rang to report a man in his 50s sporting tight cycling shorts in the state of arousal. They're looking for a Jewish man. Where's the state of arousal? Is that between, like, Wyoming and Idaho? It's yes. probably the only state we haven't lost yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a lot of people out there in a state of arousal, I can assure you. We do? It's my accent. Oh. <laughs> Terrible. She claimed the man was behaving suspiciously after raising the alarm. 
No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Break glass in case of emergencies. It is understood the woman rang the police at around 4.20 p.m. when officers quickly taking to the streets to find the eager gent. The, he was eager. The long arm of the law. Yes. He's going to get caught by the rosers. Yes. But they couldn't find anyone matching the description. And were forced to abandon the search at 345, or excuse me, 4435. What? Just pick some random numbers. Yeah, yeah, I know. Officers manning the GMP City Center Twitter account posted call from female reporting a man in Lycra cycling shorts with an erection at the Piccadilly tram stop. Call- what if that was just, you know, normal? What if that was, you know, what if he was blessed? You see what I'm saying here? She's judging him on what she's seen in her life. What if he was blessed? And that's what. Why he was had. she looking? Well, I'm guessing it was kind of poking her in the eye. Some things have to be looked at. But he they? was on a bike. It's like ladies that put glitter on their chest and then complain you're staring at their bosoms. If you don't want me to stare at your bosoms, don't put glitter on your chest. That's true. Yeah, well, me and Greg got kicked out of that club. <laughs> <laughs> Around 15 minutes later, officers tweeted. Notice that all the officers are tweeting. I love this. They um, should be c- catching criminals, not sitting there on their cell phones tweeting one another. There's murders and rapes taking place out there, and they're updating Manchester their Twitter City. account. <laughs> yes, this <laughs> they, is Manchester. They're, they're doing yeah. it minutes at a time. They said no trace of any males in lycra shorts in Piccadilly. Looks like he cycled off. No offense reported by informant. The GMP spokes. Man later said at 4.19 p.m., GMP received a call from a female reporting a suspicious male in his 50s wearing Lycra cycling shorts with what she thought was an erection at the tram stop in Piccadilly. (laughs) What she thought. Yeah. (laughs) She needs to realize what an erection actually is. She thought it was one. She thought it was a phantom erection. He could have just had a candy bar. It's the phantom erection. You can carry candy bars in your Lycra shorts, can't you? Yes, I can squeeze a curly-whirly down there in a marathon or something, yeah. What's a curly-whirly? What's a curly-whirly? It's British confectionery, madam. What's confectionery? I'm going to run my chocolate fingers through your arrow and make my peanut brittle. Do continue. (laughs) Patrols were already in the area, however, and there was no trace of any such male. At no point was a male acting inappropriately, and no other members of the public have reported any inappropriate behavior. Members. <laughs> members. That's right. My, well, my thought is there might have been a bicyclist around, but he may have lost his um, inspiration. His inspiration. By that time. His juju. <laughs> may have been deflated. Perhaps he had a flat tire. This is where we are. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. Yes. On a similar theme, I have a story that says God used Adam's penis to make Eve. Says shock theory from Bible scholar. Christians have reacted with fury after a religious academic suggested that Eve was not made from Adam's rib, but his penis. What? To be fair, you can get away with losing a rib because I've got like lots of others, right? There's some on the left, some on the right. I've got the same set behind. You have a set of ribs. That would be distressing for Adam, wasn't it? If he had to give up his penis to make Eve is what I'm saying. That well, would be more problematic. Then they both wouldn't have one. I know. I don't use mine very often, but it's nice to know it's there. Do you see what I'm saying? The theory <laughs> suggests that God made Eve from Adam's baculum or penis bone. This could mean the Bible There's story. There's a bone there? There isn't. But the point is, if Eve was made from Adam's penis bone, that then explains why humans don't have penis bones and other animals do. You see where we're going with no. this? No. I'm we've confused. discussed the badger before. The badger. We, <laughs> the we've badger dis- bone. We've discussed the badger bone. <laughs> you know, the old BB. <laughs> on other episodes. Unlike most mammals, 
I knew this because I was collecting urine from reindeer. <laughs> Unlike most animals, humans lack a penis bone. Zionese Zevit says the Hebrew word to seller in the Old Testament does not translate as rib has been the accepted meaning for millennia. Instead, he claims the word refers to limbs sticking out sideways from an upright human's body, the hands or feet, and for men, the penis. Do you often get your arm muddled up with your penis? I don't know. Professor Zevit from the American Jewish University in Maryland said of these appendages, the only one lacking a bone is the penis. He's done a lot of research on this, hasn't he? He adds that the most of the episodes of the Garden of Eden story intend to explain how natural features originated. The rib story explains why man has no penile bone. He says, the biblical archaeological review, that's never off my coffee table. I, the most recent copy of uh, the biblical archaeological review was particularly informative. Also gave Zevit of the American Jewish University a chance to defend his position. Sue Glaze from Oakland, Maryland said, I write to express my disappointment with your magazine. I wish to cancel my subscription. Come on now, Eve being created from Adam's penis bone rather than his rib? Question mark. This is plainly not a biblical teaching. I do not need and will not read articles that damage my faith or attempt to cause me to doubt what I know is the truth from the bible there we go mm -hmm. having to reconsider a lot of things aren't we my paradigms have been unhinged kim what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mom so i have just a minute oh we want to go, go back. back okay so okay i have been criticized on the show i believe before there we go where you for not having said, ufos in a ufo story where you have said i don't need to listen to you because you're just a talking rib i believe yes so now according to that study i would be a talking penis and i think that works just as well <laughs> Kim, what have you got tonight? And your point B. You have an inflated ego. There you go. That's terrible. Anything you'd like to add? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> Will he do it? Man with bionic penis to finally lose his virginity at 43. Oh, it's a follow-up. Yes. What's the noise when the bionic man... No, that's psycho or something. Psycho? <laughs> No, I don't think so. No, you got it pretty close. I think you did it good. Waka bugga, waka bugga. That's right. <laughs> it goes waka bugga. Say that again, a genie will appear and we'll get a wish. We can rebuild him stronger, faster, harder, quicker, harder, longer. Wow. Didn't he have a bionic eye as well, or was that the woman? <laughs> A man fitted with a bionic penis after he was ripped off in a childhood accident is poised to lose his virginity at the age of 43. Muhammad Abad will pop his cherry in the next few days with sex worker Charlotte Rose after a dinner date. After a dinner date. Mm. Christ, if you're, if you're in your 40s and you've not done the deed, that would be the quickest dinner. You'd be bolting your dinner down when you'd be stuffing it in. You'd still be chewing it on the way to the hotel, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd think. I know, you'd right? to go. And who takes a prostitute on a dinner date anyway? Well, you got to lead up a little bit, I suppose. What, Walmart for prostitutes? Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> That's where they I go. sell those there? <laughs> That's where I find them. Oh, Clean up on aisle two. Oh, God. <laughs> a mole who lost his penis when he was six in a car accident said, I have waited long enough for this. It'll long. be a great start to the new year. 
My Great, pe- <laughs> bloody fantastic. My penis is working perfectly now, so I just want to do it. I'm really excited. I can't wait for it to finally happen. <laughs> Mo first had surgery to fit the 8-inch bionic penis Jesus in 2012, Did you get but only it has eight? only been functional. Why only 8? Well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a choice of colors and stuff? Is that possible? Well, I'm saying why stop there? Why Come on. stop there? Crikey. Well, it has only been fully functional for a few months now. It has two tubes running along its length, which inflate when he presses a button on his testicle. <laughs> Supposing you're scratching on the bus and you press your button by accident, you could be standing. Supposing you're riding your bike and yeah, you're like, you could, you could be at the tram stop <laughs> in Manchester having a scratch. Please don't arrest me. Next thing you know, hang on, I've got to get the button. You're Does arrested. it have a release valve? <laughs> Gone. I'll try again in 10 minutes. This hasn't happened before. Uh, Charlotte, who is 35, will not be charging Mo when they meet up in London. <laughs> I bet uh, she's not buying the dinner. Free go. Right? <laughs> she free. says, I am so honored that he chose me to take his virginity. We plan to have a dinner date so we can get to know each other and then two hours of private time. Dairy, I'm not charging Dairy him. Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Do you reckon he's going to have a whopper? They don't serve those. No, they don't. No, I'm making that up. Curly fries? Nope, not that one either. That's not going to work, no. Charlotte, who campaigns for sexual freedom and stood as an independent candidate in the Rochester and Strood by election, added... By erection. (laughs) He said more more elections than a Chinaman on his honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to help him build up your confidence. Hopefully he can then find a lovely lady to settle down with. There needs to be a valve that you can inflate. (laughs) There you go. Lovely. Beautiful. Tie a knot in it. I think this is going to be turned into next year's Christmas present for everybody, They should isn't be it? following this with a camera. This should be they like some sort of it. Oh, don't go there. I saw the worst thing ever on IFL Science. What? It was a video. You've been on the internet again, haven't you? I have been on the... I've warned you. I showed you the video, and you said, I don't want to see that, but then you couldn't look away, remember? It was like a car crash. I've never seen anything like it. Yes. They put (laughs) a camera... In, in a woman's vajayjay. In a vajayjay. It's one of those big ones that you hold on your shoulder, like one of the big yeah. VHS. Yeah. And so they put it in her vajayjay and faced it out. And then a couple had intercourse. And they so- showed what it looked like to uh, practice the physical arts from the inside. And it was grim. It was grim. It, it was like-, like this worm oh. poking uh, it was the, like the inside of an oven-ready chicken with a vulture poking its head in occasionally to look for a worm. Yeah, it was, it was a like ch- a worm, worm swimming in jello. That is a little excessive. I'm not going to be able to swallow that easily. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it wasn't the best. Wasn't the best thing I've ever seen. This was very. The words anatomical. It was very, very anatomical, wasn't it? There was nothing sexual or erotic about it. No, there wasn't. It was. It was down to the chemistry and the business. And unpleasant. Yeah. It was a bald-headed vulture sticking his head into a turkey carcass. It was grim. It was grim. There was no stuffing and no onions, no roast potatoes. It no, was grim. It was grim. Yeah. Not good news. Well, what a great way to end the show. <laughs> you should all search for the oh, video. Oh, go looking for it. It's suddenly going to be hit by 10 people. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> I know who you are. You're all sick, all of you. I know who you are. <laughs> They'll do it, too. I know they will. We'll get letters about this. They'll be talking about this. We watched this. that video, and now we can't Scott will be posting love. it. <laughs> He'll be the first one watching it. How is your mother? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores before we get removed from our radio slot. In last place, with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it is Heather, who is on minus two. Greg is in third place on two. Kim is in second place on five. And tonight, the resplendent winner in first place with the $33,000 IR camera is myself with a nice, fat, rounded eight do not fear listeners remember we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing tattoos bizarre and habitable pods please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee you can also join my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and remember if you go to soundcloud.com now and type in mqta radio you can archive all of our shows over the last three years and there will be an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round that we're now going to do called not for your mother but do remember we are three to four weeks behind on there my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Yaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society, intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. <laughs>